Welcome back to Hero Gab. I'm your host, Krista. I'm from Rhode Island, Virginia, and I'm majoring in psychology. And my name's Ian Day. I'm from Baltimore, Maryland, and I am a communications major. I'm currently on the dance team here at Bridgewater, and I'm really into art, so those are some interesting things about me. For those who don't know, I'm an actual film critic, and uh, really the only interesting thing about me. Um, now for Marvel or DC, I don't really have a preference. But, I don't know, I guess DC? Uh, unlike her, I'm a Marvel baby boy. Born into Marvel, I grew up with Marvel. And favorite superhero? I would have to go with Harley Quinn, even though it's not really a superhero, but she's pretty cool. And everyone knows my favorite superhero, Static Shock, Childhood. And now for this week, we will be talking about sexuality within comic books and the superhero culture. That's going to be a, an interesting conversation, seeing as there are a lot of different opinions about it, so... Why don't we just go ahead and get started? Now with sexuality within comic books and such, um, some of the sexualities you don't really see often pansexual and asexual and aromantic and stuff. I mean, I think a lot of the reason why people don't see these sexualities is because a lot there's not much we know about it. It's not something that we see every day on like gay or lesbian, bisexual people in general. We see those a lot more than we see people who are openly asexual or pansexual or aromantic. But even there, for like the gay and lesbian representation within it, it's not that much compared to like everyone else within comic books. You know, that's just a social thing. When I mean, you think about, oh, what's going to make us money? Because um, comic book industry, it's a business. And business is all about making money. And what your major demographic doesn't fit in that, uh, in a specific... It's hard to explain, but the best I can explain it is that, let's say I'm, uh, let's say I'm gay, and let's say you're straight, let's, let's assume, and you were, were trying to get like a comic made. More often than not, the comic that's going to be made is going to be geared towards you because that's the population that has been reading those comics for a long, long time. And that's definitely the ones who are going to make money regardless. Well, with making superheroes that are gay or bisexual, that there's a fear that it's not going to be as popular and it's not going to make as much money. But even there, like with Harley Quinn, from what I've seen with her, she like in the movie recently she wasn't portrayed as bisexual she was just seen as in this relationship with the joker and as a straight individual and it just wasn't shown as it is throughout the comics so even there it's like not misinformed but it's like no 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 it's it's just a director taking creative license with the character and because the joker is such an icon supervillain and is one of the key figureheads in Harley Quinn's inception and her the way that she lives her life that's really how they're gonna do it they're gonna be like okay let's just make Harley Quinn and the Joker and really not focus on Poison Ivy because in in this universe Poison Ivy hasn't been introduced yet. Now recently um the creators of Wonder Woman revealed that she is bisexual and like this with her being a famous icon and everything and so big within like comic books it's it's kind of like a drastic not drastic but it's like a big reveal of this i mean in terms of story i i understand what it's doing what where that comes from but um the fact that it's they reveal that wonder woman is bisexual they're honestly it doesn't negate her relationship with steven trevor and the actual comics and movies or whatever but it does kind of makes you think about it okay whether is she like really really into it or is it just or she's like thinking about something else or i mean she's on an island all of all women that really that take men as prisoners so i mean 
there's not gonna be a lot there's not gonna be a lot of options when it comes to uh, dating or you know stuff like that so I mean I understand that you know having Wonder Woman being bisexual it makes sense um but a lot of a lot of comic book fans are like this is so weird I don't like this but that's just because they grew up with Wonder Woman being in relationship with Stephen Trevor and that's what we're gonna see in the movie we're gonna see that relationship with Stephen Trevor and and one and Wonder Woman going out to say that she's bisexual then changes the entire landscape and it does open all the doors for a lot of uh, story that they could do there's a lot of things they could do with that but as as we speak right now we just kind of feel it doesn't I'm not gonna say it feels gimmicky but it does feel like they, they did that because we live in a, pro, a very progressive society so we're like let's start making let's start making some changes to characters and let's see how they run and if Wonder Woman being bisexual doesn't change anything then it doesn't change anything, but if it, it really destroys the character, people are going to be vocal about it. Now, what do you think the difference is with, like, making Wonder Woman bisexual rather than introducing, like, a new character within her, like, plot line? Wonder Woman mm-hmm. has about 70-plus years of ex- of origin that people just can't touch. That's It's literally, it's untouchable. So just changing her her sexuality, that's not something really big. It, I mean, it's big, because this is Wonder Woman. is like, the DC, she is the last of the DC Trinity. She's It's Batman, Superman, and then Wonder Woman. That's the DC Trinity. So being part of that Trinity and having her say, oh, okay, she is the, she is the only bisexual character of the DC Trinity. That's, that's, that's huge. It's, but if we're gonna try and make an original superhero, then there are so many things that have to be that have to go into that. Like, okay, how, we need to make this superhero relatable to not only this, like the people that we're making it for, like let's say gay or bisexuals, uh, that community, but also we got to make it relatable to comic book fans. We got to make her interesting to the comic book fans and the gay and bisexual community and anybody else who who even just wants to pick up a comic book, just you know, casual reader. And more often than not, new characters never hit all three. They always hit one or two. They never hit that third. And that's what causes sell, their selling to like plummet. Like Midnighter and Apollo, I think is the only one where I can say that it can fit all three. Same thing with Wonder Woman. That can fit all three. But trying to make a different, another character and have them be openly bisexual, openly, openly gay, that's going to satisfy that community. But then you have to make that character also appealing to the actual comic book fans. And comic book fans are very picky. I know that from experience. I am a very picky person when it comes to my superheroes. So you have to make that per- you have to make that at least almost as perfect for comic book fans. And then casual readers who might who might, might hear you talk about it and go, oh, I want to pick that up. You got to make it appealing to them too. So you can't just be like like super golden boy or whatever and then just say, oh, I'm a superhero. Let's go do superhero things. And not deal with real world like real world uh, consequences and stuff like that for the things that they do. And like, oh wow, this is really dull and boring, and feels too too much like the comic books from like the sixties, fifties, and sixties. So I'm not going to pick this up. Now, what do you think of would have happened like if they had made Batman or something out of that Trinity with a different sexuality, not necessarily like bisexual or gay, but like asexual or aromantic? Okay, so with asexuality and aromantic, there's no no it's like asexual is like having no real interest in any gender from what i and same thing with aromantic but it's like a romantic attraction the difference is between making batman bisexual than making batman asexual is that what asexual uh, making batman asexual fit his character more it 
making him asexual and aromantic thereby negates every any and every relationship that he has had in comics which means that he had really vicky vale catwoman uh all those relationships he wasn't really into it because there's because but asexuality and aromantic there's no real interest there's really no romantic attraction so all the times that he's been uh, incredibly romantic towards Catwoman or Vicky Vale or Rachel Dawes that's that's just a like a phase or just like a it's not real it's some sort of way to get him get somewhere that where he wants to be and that thereby changes Batman into less of a hero and more of someone who's very manipulative and thereby changes who what we think of Batman and we DC doesn't want to do that because Batman's one of their biggest sellers and with Superman it won't matter because he's Superman he can do whatever he wants and he's got Lois Lane yeah well he does have Lois Lane and he did have a relationship with Wonder Woman which that's going to be interesting to see what they do with that when when Wonder Woman's like hey um I'm bi that'll be fun now, what do you think of, like, bisexual representation itself within the comic books? And, like, that being, like, Wonder Woman versus Harley Quinn, like, the difference between bisexuality there? Well, they need to, like, start exploring where that, where, like, her bisexuality. But with Harley Quinn, I feel like it's used as sort of, she uses it for her own personal agenda. Like, she's like, oh, I'm openly bisexual. I mean, I can flirt with, like, so many people. Her relationship with Poison Ivy is literally, like, one of the best in comics right now. But I feel like she, but you can, because she's an anti-hero and she really acts with her, in her own self-interest, there's a lot, there's a lot more wiggle room to, uh, for using her sexuality to her, to her own advantage. Well, Wonder Woman, you can't do that because that'll change who she is as a hero and make her more of an anti-hero because anti-heroes act in their own self-interest and not for the, the interest of others. Now, what about um, different sexualities within villains, like that representation versus in superheroes? Okay, so I'm I'm under the belief that every everybody should be represented, hero or villain, because on one of the some of the better characters in comics are supervillains. The, you understand supervillains more than you do the heroes. And sometimes you even sympathize with villains more than you do the heroes. And I know a lot of people will say, oh, we can't, we can't have gay or bisexual people or any, anybody in the LGBT plus community villains because that'll, that'll, make, that'll demonize them. Or, and, to which I say, they're, they're comic books. They're not physical representations of the actual these actual communities these are just characters who adopt the identity of what that community stands for so like for instance i'm just going to use african-americans just as an example i don't really have a problem with baron mordo being african african and he's a villain and well he he was a villain then he was a hero and it's complicated um but I'm not. I don't feel like looked down upon because he's a villain and he's African, and I'm African American. We're both black. That doesn't make. That doesn't. I don't feel like. Oh, I can't can't show my friends this because they're gonna think that this is this is what we look. This is what we act like. Luke Cage with Diamondback and Cottonmouth. They're, they they these aren't actual representations of our, the African American African American community. These are just characters, and I feel like that that that's, that same thing applies to LGBT plus. They're not as long as you don't try and make them an actual representation of what the of the community like actually actually like oh okay this this person 
is like from the actual like they support the LGBT community or whatever something like that. It's like super real, like super hyper realistic, which comic books seem to do, start start to do nowadays. Then then we then we would start to worry. But right 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 now, I mean, villains are villains, but some of the best villains came out very sympathetical, and you're just like I actually feel really bad for them. And I think if you explore the if you put the sexuality in there, that leaves that leaves so much room to explore what makes what really makes them tick and that's really fun to do as as creative as a creative person that's something you can like toy with and like create something that's honestly better than any superhero any superhero story that you can even think of yeah because sometimes the villains have the most tragic backstories but people don't take them into consideration considering they're villains but they're people as well no, they're people, but they're, 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 these are all characters. These aren't actual people. Yeah. Some there are some people. Some characters might be based off of real people, but they're not actual people. And once we start suspending that disbelief that everything in comics is, um, it's just it's fake. As long as we know that and we keep reading, then whether or not the person is, is a hero or villain shouldn't matter. If if you want to see. Uh, LGBT plus characters. You want to see LGBT plus characters represented well, not just. It doesn't matter hero or villain, and I think that villains, honestly, LGBT plus characters will fit better as villains than they do heroes, because then that way you have something to build of. You have something where if you if you really do want to make this character this villain switch sides, you will have you will have a ground, you'll have an anchor for that villain to really hold on to and. And while you're doing the transition into a hero, that that I, the idea of being gay or um, bisexual, it will carry with them. And then once you actually make turn them good guy, um, then you have something really you have something really magical. Now, do you think that people in LGBTQIA plus relationships are portrayed in healthier and more supportive ways in the heteronormative relationships in comic books? Or do you think it's more of like? I mean, the they're same? kind of, kind of. I mean, if you look at Midnight and Apollo, they really don't. They're never really violent towards each other. They're just violent towards other people that you know want to hurt them. And their relationship, same with Angela and heck, even Batwoman. You can put it under that. But with characters like Superman, Batman, uh, Green Lantern, Human Static Shock, a lot of these characters, they're putting. A lot of these relationships are put in serious danger because of the because these heroes have so many villains and they're like, oh, I know exactly where to hit them, where they live, and they're like, okay, let's just use her, and so there's always this tension, like, okay, we need, I'm I'm kind of nervous for my life, you know, help me out here, but with a lot of the these LGBTQIA plus relationships, mo- both if. N- one, if not both of them, are superheroes themselves. So there's really no danger, per se. I mean, they seem more, like, calm, they're supportive. But with heteronormative relationships, you see that, but you also see the really dark fights and the really bad moments with them where they're just kind of distant and don't want to talk. And then, granted, they'll make up later, but there's always that period of, I don't want to talk to you anymore. I'm done. Now, do you feel like those kind of things like real life issues like having an argument with a significant other and stuff should be represented within those kind of relationships or i mean that's 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 just for if you want to be uh, like hyper real like hyper realistic about it then yes you do need to have 
show every aspect of a relationship, both the good and the bad. Because if you only see the good, then once if you actually take that to heart and like, oh, okay, this is what a relationship's like, and you actually get into one, then you feel like, then you have those arguments, you're not going to know how to react. And I think because comics are so influential to, especially in this day and age, like a lot of people relate to superheroes more than I've ever heard in in my entire life. And I'm only 18, so that's not that's not saying much, but it says enough to where you I can say that having showing these relationships in their truest form would be so much better than just showing the good of the relationships. I mean, you can still do that. You can you know, have your dishwashing moments, you know, having dinner and, you know, plowing each other or whatever like that. But you also have to have the moments where they fight, where they get really angry at each other and then have and then show them recovering from that together. And then that's what is because that's what a relationship is about is do all no matter how many times you fight how many times you get angry with each other you always bounce back because that's because you care about each other now back to your mention of plowing each other or whatever (laughs) in most comic books that at least that i've noticed when there's like a sex scene or like something leading up to that where they like leave the reader off with just an image of it they don't really go into depth with heterosexual or not heterosexual homosexual relationships like that but with the heterosexual ones they do go into more detail but people find the lgbt ones more offensive than heterosexual that's just because we're desensitized to heterosexual uh relations like that where we're like okay we know what it's like for and when a guy and a girl go into a room it's dark and shades are closed you know there's candles we know what's about to happen we we've become desensitized as a as a society but when now we're seeing a lot of guy when like in midnighter and apollo where you see midnighter and apollo well you don't see them actually like we see them do it but it's not like we don't see all of it but we we can make we can make the judgment okay yeah we know that this this is that's what's happening they're they're having sex like that's just what's happening to them I mean, whether it's good or bad, it's up to you. I'm not necessarily, I don't really care about it. But because we haven't seen that so often, as much as we have seen, like, heterosexual, like, that, you know, just doing that, it's kind of a bit of a shock to us. We're like, oh, my gosh, that guy's really literally getting his hole plugged. So that's not something I was thinking, I didn't think I was going to see that. Now I see it. Now I have the image burned in my brain that that's what's happening. And now when I when I, every time I see that, I'm like, okay, I can make a judgment. Like, oh, that's exactly what's happening. And now for today's guest, we have Troven Venable. He is in residential advisor in Dillon Hall, and he is on the football team here at Bridgewater. Uh, Troven, thank you for coming. No problem. Thank y'all for having me. Okay, so to start off. Um, Within comic books and stuff, like how many of these characters, like in the LGBT community, do you see represented in comics? Really, not a lot, not a lot. Because I know recently we had, um, I don't know if this is one y'all been talking about, but Wonder Woman has been recently came out as bisexual. So besides that one, I'm really haven't really had a lot of like exposure to like LGBT superheroes. Why do you think that that um, a lot of these LGBT plus characters? aren't as well known as people like Batman and Superman. Probably just because it's not in like the norms yet because as far as like comic books and coming out and stuff like that, they really don't they're trying to get like story plot so I think that the LGBT superheroes are kinda like 
will kind of add more to the story, and I don't think they're really, really ready for that to put into the comic books yet. <clears throat> now, you mentioned Wonder Woman. What do you think this, like, reveals Wonder Woman being gay, like, or not being bisexual? Like, what does this reveal for her as a major comic book character and a feminist icon? I think this is really, really intriguing because I know the Wonder Woman movie's coming out. I don't know if they're going to... They're gonna have her being bi in that movie, or this is gonna be her origin story, or just for comics, how they're gonna like play that into like her crime fighting ability, or they're gonna how the villain is gonna take that like to into account. So there's a lot, a lot of ways that they can like play this. So it'd be interesting to see how they do it. Yeah, and from from my understanding, uh, Wonder Woman right now they're keeping her straight for the movies, and they're gonna just build a relationship with Stephen Trevor. Okay, that's cool. And so. Uh, one one last thing. Do you think that having more representation in these characters would be better for uh, uh, their respective companies, or do you feel like that it's just going to seem forced? Right now, even though it, I think it would be tolerated if it was more exposure, I think right now, I think it would be more forced. Maybe if they gradually keep producing LGBT community, um, LGBT um, superheroes, I think it would be over time period it'll be okay but like just bringing them all out as right now I think it'd be kind of forced thank you for being in our podcast today no problem no problem thank you for having me all right so this has been uh the hero gab this um I'm Ayende and I'm Krista be sure to look out for our next podcast and uh follow us on Instagram uh, Tumblr all most other social media platforms and uh see you later peace